Hi sister, this is Kate Aikoka-Daisy and it is great to have you listening. What I aim to do with the podcast is to help you heal and transform as you continue to grow and live life and also transform your heart and mind as you choose to live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice and once we embrace that process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say healed people heal people. If you are new to the podcast and I want to shout out Ami Thompson on IG, thank you for following us. Welcome to our dear sister community. You can find all about me and the organization. I am Free Woman Ministries at ChiefJoyActivator.com and I am FreeWoman.org. Subscribe to receive first-hand news, information, and updates. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook so you know and stay connected and plugged in in all of my shenanigans <laughs> and our shenanigans, okay? This podcast is you and me navigating the world of healing the heart and mind by integrating faith and well-being tools to activate your spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical healing, as well as your financial well-being. I bring the parts that are healed from myself and also the parts that are still healing as I also invite important friends to the show and they get to sit and discuss things with us about their lives through their compelling stories that they will share on freedom. Walking the rich and beautiful life of faith plus healing plus also being your authentic godly self can sometimes be so tricky. So Choose to Live Free podcast is my way of making faith walk plus healing plus everything in between about life and living it relatable and joy-filled. Okay, so welcome. A quick announcement uh, before we get into our show for today and a very, very special one at that. The week of December 5th, 2022, my Achieve in 2023 Systems of Life course will be open for enrollment. I have really labored over this course. I have really tested it, tried it over the last three years. Um, There's a product that's coming with it. And I believe it is time for us as women to really take charge of our minds and not be distracted from the goals and the vision that God has placed on our hearts. And so this curriculum I titled Achieve in 2023 Systems of Life course is for you as a woman if you are looking to become focused, disciplined, consistent, and achieve major life goals in 2023. I have created a biblical blueprint to get you living your full focused life in the new year. I want you to join me for an exclusive three-day jam-packed with tools and tips and a template that will get your heart and your mind right (laughs) as you start working on those goals, okay? So more information is coming on chiefjoyactivator.com. So be on the lookout because enrollments will be limited and I just want to get to sit down with women who are really serious about achieving their goals in 2023 and spend these three days exclusively with you as we learn the blueprints from the Bible on how we can truly, truly remain focused, disciplined, consistent, and be able to achieve all that God wants us to achieve. So just be on the lookout for more information, okay? All right. So our lives are indeed always moving in the direction of our greatest thoughts. Did you know that? In life, we experience so many seasons. Some seasons repeat and some seasons recycle with great intensity. Whether with great ease or with great intensity, how we navigate these seasons can either launch us into our greatest destinies or our greatest depressions. This is the story of my first guest. We had a whole conversation, y'all, before I even hit record, okay? (laughs) And I can't wait for you to listen to some wisdom, some lessons, some strength, I tell you. 
Jovita Fenwick is a 21-month-old widow and mama of four. She is a veteran and is now on a journey discovering the next adventure with God on her side, an angel on her shoulders, and kids who keep her grounded. Jovita shares her breaking free, breaking through, and breathing again moments as she navigated grief and continues to figure out life on purpose. So I'm going to go ahead and start playing the conversation. But before I do, here are your three thoughts from this conversation. Thought number one, do not keep your grief a secret and do not lose your character. Thought number two, cry when and wherever you find yourself, but never neglect your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial health because your breaking free moment is a defining moment. And thought number three, be intentional in your grief journey and don't shy away from asking for help. Some of the actions that I want you to take note of from this conversation is this, take some time to reflect on the conversation and imagine what it would be like for you to be ready for when seasons like this happen. And also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and also on Facebook and everywhere so that you can get to get some insights. And also, we will be posting the extra episodes that come from these conversations with our guests exclusively to our Dear Sister community. So just be on the lookout for 2023 when you get to subscribe and be part of the fun. All right. So let's get into this conversation with Jovita and I pray you remain blessed. I love you. See you soon. All right. So... <laughs> We've already had great conversations. <laughs> I love it. We've already had great conversations. And my, my listeners know I like to giggle. I like okay. to laugh. <laughs> we have had great conversations already. So you're going to try and do this, but okay. Jovita, I mean, okay. I am so happy, so happy to have you um, spend this time with you. You know how um, God works in yeah. such mysterious ways. You know, mysterious when I ways. when I started thinking about you and even connecting with you for the podcast, I was like, look at when we first met, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, marriage yeah. ministry, doing all those things. I remember how Dan, we used to make us yeah. all laugh. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bouncing everywhere with all his energy. Mm-hmm. He's a, with all his yeah. energy. Yeah. And then now, you know, here yeah. we are. And I'm like, wow, life really yeah. is amazing. So go ahead and share with yeah. our favorite listeners all about you, a bit about you. Yeah. So a little bit about me is at this point in my life, I am a 20 month, 20 month, 21 month widow. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kate and I met, we met in our marriage ministry at our church. And so we met, you know, as a couple, my husband, Dan and I, and a whole bunch of about six other couples in the group. And just kind of, we started going to dinner together. We were all going to breakfast together. We were all intentionally doing life together. Um, but unfortunately during that time, my husband had an abdominal aortic aneurysm and passed away almost two years ago. And it was so wonderful because as I was mentioning to Kate, you know, in the midst of losing somebody, you know, especially my husband and my kids losing their dad, the last thing I was thinking about was connecting with the church. I, I wasn't thinking about anything. So I think Kate called, you called me, Kate, like maybe two days after yeah, my I husband I texted, had. I didn't hear from you. And I was like, let me just call. I don't know if she's going to pick up. Let me just call. <laughs> and I did, you know, cause it was my marriage group. So when they were calling, I was answering the phone intentionally for my community and she was just like, hey, how are you doing? She specifically asked, have you called the church? And I was like, I know, Kate. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna call you back. 
And that was the last time I heard from Kate for months, right? Because she had did what she needed to do, which was call the church and got us connected to the church. Because within a day or two, the church, the connections group from the church then called. And when I say our church pulled up, listen to me, honey, them people pulled up and took care of me and the kids in ways that I wasn't even thinking about. Every funeral home that I went to, they were already there meeting me at the door, making recommendations. We went to like two or three and they were meeting me there. We did all the VA stuff. And it was so great, Kate, to have you start that fire for me, get me connected Mm -hmm. to the church to make Mm -hmm. sure that the kids and I were taken care of as far Mm -hmm. as going through something as, you know, preparing to bury my husband, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. such a thing that is so hard to deal with. It is Mm -hmm. so great to have a community, right? Mm -hmm. My small group were delivering food. They were coming to sit with us. And that's the power of small group as well, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We met through our church. So again, as I told you before, I would just want to say thank you, you know, for reaching out to me. Yeah. And thank you how, for our small how group. Long, how long were you and Dan married? Dan and I were together. It would have been 25 years in September. So 24 years. Wow. We wow. were both retired Army veterans. Mm-hmm. We actually moved to Georgia from Fort Lewis, Washington mm-hmm. about well three years ago, 2019, we moved here. So we mm-hmm. got here to Georgia. There was no family here. Um, His mom had just relocated here. So we didn't know anybody here, Mm -hmm. um, but Mm -hmm. we knew to go to church, right? Mm -hmm. We came, we got jobs and we got church and everything else just kind of fell in place. Mm -hmm. So it had been 25 years that I would have been with that wonderful man of mine. Yeah. And the Fenwick Six. I mean, when when I see it on Facebook, I'm like, oh my gosh. Tell us about this Fenwick Six (laughs) that you have going on. (laughs) So, you know, when you're military, you know, there are, it's, you really only have you and your family unit, right? Mm -hmm. So there's me, my husband, and we have four kids. So just somewhere along the line, I came up with this Fenwick six six thing. And we, when I said we branded that, the kids bought into it. Like it was a whole week, but we start not just talking about Fenwick six, but the whole legacy. It became Mm -hmm. a legacy for us and for our kids to understand Mm -hmm. what the Fenwick six is and who Mm -hmm. we were. Right. Mm -hmm. And so every time we went somewhere, Everybody started, no, oh, here come the Fenwick Six. Every state we moved to, every PCS we moved, it was all about me, my husband, and my four kids, especially as military. You know, we don't have a lot of community all the time. We're constantly moving. So we really learned how to rely on just Mm -hmm. the six of us. Mm -hmm. And we just Mm -hmm. got tight and we believed Mm -hmm. in communication and we Mm -hmm. believed in going to church and we believe in Mm -hmm. not just going to church, but having a relationship with Christ. So that's where that whole Fenwick Six legacy thing came from. Yes. Yes. And I love how even after Dan's passing, you did not, you know, shy away from still representing that everywhere like you still say Fenwick six oh yeah and it's you know because he that is was a still, journey yeah it was a journey <laughs> that was a journey because and I had just talked to my older daughter and I think I talked to the kids about it and I was like you know you guys I'm contemplating changing the Fenwick six to maybe like a Fenwick six and the little two maybe you know behind it like what do we now do with the Fenwick six and the kids were like we keeping it like we keeping it and I was like oh okay like but does that make so it was a lot of when you go through transitions of being, I was with Dan since I was 20, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go through the loss of transitioning to now having to discover who you are mm-hmm. as a woman mm-hmm. and as a single mom, right? Mm-hmm. I am now a single mom. Mm-hmm. And I can't say thankfully I have young adults because mm-hmm. it, it's harder, right? Mm-hmm. When you have young adults going through grief, 
My kids are not old enough to drink anything they want to drink and buy anything they want to buy. So people mm-hmm. are like, oh, but they're older, they'll do great. But now they're accessible and they're legal mm-hmm. to buy anything and drink mm-hmm. anything. So as a mom who's in the social work field, I think that's what made it even worse. Mm-hmm. My mind was mental health, addictions. Mm-hmm. Let me let me get on the kids, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think just, but also being in my field, I had a lot of my coworkers, a lot of doctors, a lot of mental health therapists, a lot of LC like licensed clinical social workers who were just like kind of just pulled me along the way mm-hmm. to make it a little bit easier. So mm-hmm. that was it was also difficult, you know. Let's let's get into that a bit more. So what I want you to do is we're going to break your story up into like okay. three parts. You're going to okay. do like your breaking free moment and then okay. we're going to talk about your breaking through and then when you started to breathe again. Okay. Because you know for for your friends, even as we know you were going through it, we can experience it the way you experience it. You know, we can sympathize, we can try to empathize, but the breaking free of, you know, going through grief and still being able to take care of your children and still being able to do all, you know, there's a lot of transitions going on. So, you know, help us understand when we talk about breaking free, what was your breaking through? When did you really, you know, from the moment you heard the news to when you Mm -hmm. really became aware that this has really happened and I need to get a grip on my life. And, you know, what, what was that like for you? Yeah. You know, I think I'm still trying to get a grip on my life, you know, Mm but I share every day with everybody that every day when I'm in the shower, I wake up and I pray for that woman who became a widow last night. Mm-hmm. Because when you become a widow, you no longer have a language. You're just wailing. That's all you're just, it's just the wails of a widow. You're just wailing all day, every day. Um, and so realizing in that moment too, that not only did I lose my husband, but my kids lost their dad, right? So I can become selfish and be like, I lost my husband, right? Everybody, she lost her husband. But the reality of it is is that my children lost their dad, right? And so I have to be mindful also in this situation that I am now the sole provider of this house. Mm -hmm. I don't get to collapse. I don't get to get in this bed and get stuck. Bills have got to still be paid. My kids have still got to graduate from high school. They have still got to be able to look for their future. And so... Um, both of my boys are away in the army. And so my oldest one who was away, you know, I did a lot of traveling immediately after Dan passed. And people were like, how are you traveling? It doesn't make sense. I cried in the airport. I cried at the rental car, but I had a son who was away who had just lost his dad. And I had refused for him to become addicted to alcohol, addicted to becoming marijuana, even though he was in the military. When you go through something as traumatic as losing your dad, as a young man who's now away from his family, I felt it was my responsibility to show up for every celebration he had, because if it would have been two parents, we would have always been there. And I did not want him to ever look up and be like, nobody's here for me. So every time my kids would go somewhere, I flew crying through the airport, crying at the rental car, crying at the hotel. Cry. I would tell my sons, OK, I'm going to try to stay in this hotel by myself. But if I can't make it, you have to stay here with me. And I was just crying every vacation that I went on. Um, I would I worked downtown Atlanta, which is like 45 minute drive. And there was days where I would just put my clothes on, no makeup. And I would just cry for 45 minutes, like holding on to the wheel. Like I have to go to work. I have to go to work, mm-hmm. get to the parking garage, put my makeup on, go to work, 
Hey, everybody, how's everybody doing? You know, what's going on? Cry all the way back home. And some days I did. I took off work and I just crashed because you do have to still honor your body while you're going through it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also what I truly believe on is that if you don't have anything stored up in your soul mm-hmm. before you go through something like this, it can be super traumatic. So in this moment, I'm not one of those Christians who didn't get mad at Jesus and who don't question Jesus. I was all, me and Jesus was, we were. Did anyone ever tell you, you know, God God will make a way or did, did people try to console you with God and you didn't want to yes, hear it? <laughs> he'll never give you more than you can bear. You're strong. I got that. You know, Jovita, you're so strong. You can handle this. And I was like, Okay. And in that moment, I have to be careful because I'm so angry. Mm -hmm. I was always saying, I'm ready to pop off at any moment, (laughs) right? Come sideways. I'm coming, right? (laughs) But still somewhere in me was like, Jovita, don't lose your character. Mm -hmm. Dan would not have wanted you to lose that character, Mm -hmm. right? And eventually I had to get out of that. Dan would not have wanted you to, right? Because Mm -hmm. now you got to find out who you are. Mm -hmm. Who do you want to act like this? Mm -hmm. Do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Do you want to represent your kids like this? Do you want to represent yourself like this, Mm -hmm. right? So I knew people just didn't have anything to say in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from the beginning, I think it was... Three months after losing Dan, I was on social media just doing videos about people. I know you want to help us. I know you want to help your people because we were also in the midst of COVID. And right now, I think as they were sharing, there were about 6 million people over the world that had died of COVID, right? So I knew in that moment I wasn't the only one, right? So just going through the break, I allowed myself to be mad at God. I would go to church, walk in, they would be worshiping and saying, Jesus, there's those miracles. And I'm like, does he really, does he really though, you know, and we'll walk out and go back home. So it took me maybe a year to sit through service, but I was just like, God, I'm here. That's, that's all. And I would just go home and cry and I would go and I would last 30 minutes and I would go and I would last 45 minutes and I would go and I would last the whole service. And it was just intentionally stepping so that I didn't get stuck. And I like, I like what you did because even though when it was hard, right, you still had that small mustard seed of faith, like, Mm. I'm just going to go, even if I have to kind of go and sit there and I'm just going to take it in. And I like what you said about the soul, like no matter what you do, Mm -hmm. make sure that you have something within your soul. I love what we are the series we are mm-hmm. on right now, Anchored. Anchored. No mm-hmm. matter what you do, make sure that mm-hmm. you're anchored in something because when mm-hmm. the storms roll mm-hmm. and things are happening in your life, you know, people will come. Oh, but yeah. remember, people will yeah. come for a brief moment and then yeah. they have to go back to their life. Yes. Right? Yes. And then I'm sure you had moments where in the evenings so or even during yeah. the day, you're home by yourself. Yeah. No, the phone is not ringing. Yeah. You know, no text messages coming through. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. You know, what yeah. do you do? So yeah. being making sure that your soul is really connected mm-hmm. to something that is going to sustain you. I love that. Yeah. I love that because yeah. that breaking free moment, mm-hmm. you know, is a defining moment. It's a defining you know, moment. Some people can break free from God and just do other things. You yes. Know, like you said, yes. anesthetize, internalize stuff. Yes. And some people will break free from, you know, what they feel they are 
flesh yeah. trying to do to oh, yeah. Lord, you know, oh, yeah. God. So, oh, yeah. And so. I think too, I say this all the time. Um, in the beginning, I had a lot of, I call them my Eminem friends, my <laughs> mimosa margarita friends, right? And then at some point I looked up and I was like, where are my friends of faith? Like, where are my friends mm-hmm. of faith? Like, Joe, do you want to build this? Like, mm-hmm. you're you're filling your void with M&Ms mm-hmm. and it's, this is not who you are. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do, right? And so like you were saying in those moments <clears throat> where the phone is not ringing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dan and I have been involved in a marriage ministry regardless of where we've been. We're mm-hmm. here at Victory or at our church in Washington State. Mm-hmm. So when Dan passed, a lot of transition happened, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the married people we knew kind of just was just like, you know, <laughs> and then it became, I just, I had a lot of people saying to me and single women saying to me, Jovita, you are no longer, you can no longer talk to that guy by yourself. I'm like, but that's so-and-so, he's my friend, right? And it's like, but you are now a single woman. And I was like, didn't dawn on me, but out of respect, right? I had to start creating group chats if I wanted to ask somebody's husband for a favor, right? Or group chats if I just wanted to say, hey, can you tell your husband to kind of reach out to my son, you know, for some kind of network, right? Those now had to be group group chats, which I needed to respect and understand where I was Mm -hmm. now in my life, even though it hurt my feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And realizing that I needed to let my circle change. Mm -hmm. I could not hold on to the people that Dan and I had because mm-hmm. some of them were Dan's friends mm-hmm. and some of them were our friends, mm-hmm. but my friends are the ones that stayed around. Mm-hmm. My friends are the ones that are still here. And mm-hmm. I had to honor that. Cause like you said, yeah. transitions happen, you know, yeah. no hard feelings, just transition happen. Yeah. I hear boundaries. You know, you said when at first it hurt, you know, cause, cause that's all part of the transition, right? Mm-hmm. Part of the breaking free is there'll be moments where, things are no longer the same and the relationships is the part that will probably hurt the most Mm. because there is this redefinition now you have to go through somebody just to ask for a favor and now you have to do this but then I like how even though it hurt you you probably understood that okay it's a boundary that I have to help them protect their marriage or protect that relationship and protect yourself because in that state you're vulnerable. Yes. You know, you're very vulnerable in that state. So, so and the vulnerability is also another void, right? Mm -hmm. Because what Mm -hmm. I'm missing and another lack is the intimacy Mm -hmm. and the desire for my Mm -hmm. husband. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I've been sleeping in a bed with somebody for 25 years or feeling protected at a gas station or at a movie theater or traveling with somebody and I no longer have that, the desire and the intimacy for somebody else is so hard and so heavy that it's, it's for me in my mind, as in my field, it's almost as having an addiction, Mm -hmm. right? So now that this person is gone, I can't stop the yearning and the desire that I have for this person. Mm -hmm. And for some people, if I can't get that person, I'm going to get something. Yes. I'm going to fill that void with either another person with a substance, whether it's drugs or alcohol or with shopping or maybe even traveling or eating, whatever that case may be. This is almost in my mind. I was like, this is almost like an addiction. It is so Mm -hmm. powerful, right? Mm -hmm. The desire that I have for my husband. So even when I'm going through my desires now, I'm two years in, 
I don't want to date. I'm fine where I'm at, but I still have that desire yeah. of that intimacy of being mm-hmm. physical with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. For 25 years, right? Yeah. So I have to let that take its course mm-hmm. and let the desires for my husband pass because I don't want to feel that with somebody else when what it really is is my husband, husband. right? So I'm in my mind, I'm still giving myself and him that time to take his course in my heart, right? Before I fill it with something else. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because I often, you know, listen, me and James, we've joked about this quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And I've said that when when I when I go first, yeah. you can date. Yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> I said, you can date. <laughs> we used to have those conversations too, you know. And and then this too, though, you know, um, when I had did another video um, of having those hard conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, if I passed before this, is, you know, you can't Mm -hmm. date or you can't. But when your person is here, also having those hard conversations of because Dan and I believe in cremation. Mm -hmm. Right. So when it came time. Right. I had to let the family know, hey, heads up. Daniel and I believe in cremation. Mm-hmm. I know traditionally this is what y'all may do, but as for us, this is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so while you do, you know, mm-hmm. have your spouse or your life partner, whatever the case your situation may be, mm-hmm. you know, having those tough conversations mm-hmm. of, hey, mm-hmm. this is the price of a funeral. This mm-hmm. is the price of a cremation, you know, mm-hmm. and those are things that we just, in our culture, I truly believe that we don't talk about, you know? Yes. Yes. And I think it, it's important that we do because we have we have a will. Uh, we've done it mm-hmm. twice because we moved and and it's not cheap, but it's important, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and identifying who is going to have the children and all yeah. is important. But it gives you a peace of mind yes. knowing that, like you said, we've talked about it. Yep. We've we've joked about it. Yes. You know, this is yes. part of life. This is yep. part of reality. There's yep. a part that hurts. And then yes. there's also this part that you have to be wise, use wisdom, yes. you know, yes. because you don't want to leave the mess, you know, yes. your, your spouse having to figure and dealing with family members yes. and all that. Yes. And for some of us, culturally, there's additional yes. stuff, you know, that you yes. have to do. <laughs> It legally yes. worked it out. Yep. This is what it is. Yeah, I can You know, there's because, nothing I can do about it. Yep. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it because, oh, first of all, your spouse is emotionally a wreck, uh, and then I'm having mess. to like turn a part yeah. of their brain on mm-hmm. just to deal with you know all these yes. logistical stuff. Yes. yes. So. It, yeah. it, you know, to our listeners, it is so important yes. that you plan and prepare. Yes. Don't don't shy away from the conversation. Listen, if you have to make it fun, make it fun. Yes, you know, but talk about these things yeah. because it's easier for the one who remains. Even yes. if you yeah. know, God forbid, the two of you leave, it's still easier right. for whoever is going to pick up that document and execute whatever yeah. you have put yeah. in there for your children, yeah. for your family. It is easier than to leave behind, you know, a result yeah, and an, mess, argument. You know, yes. and an argument and how yeah. things are going to go. And even for, I think going forward, I have to allow the kids to take the lead on a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, there's just some things now as a single woman, I will not implant on my kids. Mm-hmm. I need to pop my butt into therapy for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not mm-hmm. something that I will share or discuss with my kids. It's time for me to yep. go to therapy. But, you know, traditionally for us, you know, after the service, I'm like, kids, you know, people are going to want to come over. They're going to want to have dinner. And I was like, 
tell me what you want to do. And I don't have a problem setting that boundary. They was like, mom, we're done. Like we're done. We, we want to go home. We want to go to bed. So when people were ready to come over with, then I was like, no, we're, we're not doing, we're not doing any of that. I said, traditionally, I understand what may have happened going forward, mm-hmm. but for the sake of my kids' sanity, they want to go home and take a nap. Mm-hmm. And then they went to main event later. So mm-hmm. I just scheduled, reserved a couple of bowling alleys for them and their mm-hmm. friends because they had friends that flew in from out of town. Mm-hmm. So I just scheduled, reserved some places for them to go to bowling alley later on. That's what they wanted to do. And I was like, mm-hmm. how y'all want to facilitate this? I'm going to make sure that when you look back later, you're not going to say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I wish my yeah. mom would have shielded me in some way. I don't know if it's the military that made <laughs> you this you know, intentional about being present and being focused, you know, maybe the military has a part to do with it. But when I, as you're talking about your breaking free, you know, moment, things that you did to break free, I hear intentionality. I hear warrior. I'm going to fight. I'm not going to stay in my misery. Even when my feelings are like this, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do this. this. That is what it feels like. You know, when Jesus was asking the, the, the blind man, if you want, you know, do you want to be healed? Because you got to get up and do something. You just can't sit there and wait for somebody to come to you. You know, you have to do something. And when you're talking, all I hear is I did this, you know, I was intentional. I remained focused. I was this, and not to say that, oh, you're a strong woman. I know that, but you did not let your emotions and feelings just, you know, kind of take over. Yeah. Take Take over. over. Yeah. You know, I believe that Grief is, grief will come in and make residence if you allow it, right? (laughs) It will take over and buy the whole property if you let it, right? And there were days, trust me, my older daughter in the beginning came to me and she said, mom, there was a point where I kept checking on you because I thought you were going to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So trust me, I've been there. I've been there. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I did not realize I had just put trauma on her. Because she thought I was now finna die. I was going to intentionally commit suicide. And I'm not going to tell you that I wasn't, right? If it wasn't for the sake of my kids and Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But so I've been there. I've allowed myself to crash. Mm -hmm. I've allowed myself to take a week off work because I was just like, I'm done. I'm over. I just wanted to stop. I just, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't. But I'm telling you, Kate, if it was not for the fact that my kids are still here, like, and I know a couple of things. Dan and I, because we have always loved the Lord, I knew people were waiting to see what Jovita was going to do, right? <laughs> she can love him when it's good. Oh, God, to fix your marriage and God, to bless your kids and God, to do this. But when Jesus took my husband, somebody who was a great guy, loved the Lord, we ate right, we didn't drink excessively, like there's no smoking, there's no drugs, like by all means, I had people calling me and was like, they have to say, he has to say, Dan, y'all are Jesus's friend. If it doesn't work for y'all, it doesn't work for anybody. Mm-hmm. So I knew, I knew people were watching, Kate. And I knew that this was the moment. For one thing, if I walked away, there was going to be some feedback. But two, my biggest thing, if I walked away right now, I knew my kids would never come back to Jesus again. Mm-hmm. I knew they were going to say, my parents did everything right, according to what we see. So why would I go to church generation to generation Mm -hmm. if Jesus did this? They needed to see me walk out my faith, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's crazy you say intentionality because in my group, 
one of my other girlfriends said, Jovita, you know, you're a very intentional woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a background for me, Kate. Um, I'm not saying that we were poor or anything, but we didn't have the best, mm-hmm. right? And I, I truly believe that going forward, I have to set my kids up for success mm-hmm. to be better than where I came from, generationally to generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is because I have such a, a love for the Lord, Kate, I was reading Job and when Job was questioning God, right? And God was saying, brace yourself like a man because I'm about to come at you, right? So after I got done yelling at Jesus, how dare you do this? The audacity of you, we did what you told us to do, blah, 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 blah. For one, he said, not by works, Jovita. Not by works, right? Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I received that. And then it was like, okay, now brace yourself. Since you coming at me, I'm about to come at you, right? And like he was saying with Job, where were you when I created the heavens and the mm-hmm. earth? Where were you when I put the stars in the sky? Where were you when I split the, split the, the water from the sea, right? You were not there, girl, right? So hold your little bridges, right? And just hold on to what I'm going to do for you, Jovita, right? So I still stand firm for the blessing that not what God may do for me, but what may he may do for my children. So I may not do none of this for myself, but I do it all for my children and what will come generationally. And it's not easy, but Kate, I'm telling you, when you know what God has saved me and my husband from, there were so many people that would look at our marriage and say, y'all should not be married. Y'all should still not be married, but God, right? And if God can allow us to forgive ourselves for things that we did in our flesh, I have to hold on to him to see to see, even if I was in this moment, like, God, okay, let me see what you're going to do. Let me see what you're going to do. And then I decide to walk away, but not nah, right. I just, yeah, because, you know, as you're, as you're saying that I'm like, okay, this is a nice segue into the next part that I want us to talk about, which is breaking through because mm-hmm. you mentioned something about, you know, if, if not for me, for my kids, uh-huh. you know, but then also if not for me, for the next woman that is looking yeah. at my life, yes, you know, and trying yes. to figure out, well, how yes. do I do this now? She yes. did it. How do I do this? Yes, you know. So now your life, um, you know, I don't know the Bible verse. My life is no longer my own. Yes, your life is no longer your it's own. It's for His it glory. Is, yeah, it it's is for His, his glory. glory. And mm-hmm. you know, when, that is when you start to experience the true essence yes. of what God says love yes. is. Yes. You know, when you can actually look at another woman yes. and say that, you know what, my heart goes out to you. Yes, your your breaking through moment even yes. came back to me to a friend who lives in Canada. And when she lost her husband, you came to mind. And I was like, I have someone that I'm going to ask, you know, I'm going to ask to connect you with. And, you know, she, can I, can I get, can you give me your address so I can give it to her, you know? And that is what I mean. It's like, you know, even if I haven't been through it personally, immediately when Diane's husband passed, I was like, you know what? Wait. Let me ask Jovita. Yeah. And then I texted you. I think that was like the first time you had heard from me since. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hey, yes, yes, yes. And and it's crazy you say that too, Kate, because I do. That's why I started doing those videos was to help that woman who became a widow 
for me to help that woman who became a widow at 1158 a.m. p.m. Right. I was right on the cusp of the very next day. Mm -hmm. So every day I wake up and sometimes it's in the middle of the day and it can be 3 p.m. And I'm like, God, I pray for that woman who is coming a widow right now, mm -hmm. right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started doing those videos for that woman mm -hmm. who had been married for 62 years did not know how to do the budget, did not know how to do the bills. The kids were now grown and gone to other states. And now she is in this house by herself, right? Mm -hmm. I did those videos to save that young woman. I met a woman who was 28 years old. And by the time she was 28, she was a two-time two widow wow. because her husband, her first husband died of cancer. She had a baby with him. Her second husband died of a heart attack at a young age. And she had kids with him. Two-time two, two, two -time widow. And so... For me, Kate, I went around, people were like, I've never heard somebody talk about grief the way you do. And I was like, well, it's the season of my life. You talk about marriage, you talk about money. I'm going to talk about grief. It is what it is, right? Hey. Um, but to save that woman, to literally save her, right? We are always, when I'm telling you, grief is so bad. So don't sit here and please, please, who's ever watching this, please don't sit here and look at me and be like, oh, 21 months in, what did she do? There is no magic answer. No. There is no magic cure. Mm -hmm. I was just intentional of doing step by step by step. Mm -hmm. I read a lot. I did a lot of therapy. I made my mm -hmm. kids do therapy. I walked a lot. I probably got a blanket and slept let's, outside. Let's, let's repeat that again. You did I, what now? I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of therapy. Um, so just, I do these videos to help people, not just widows, but people that are going through grief, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are so many kids who lost both their parents and ended up in the foster care system, right? So mm -hmm. who is going to help these children become better people as they continue to age right mm -hmm. so I truly believe in doing these things just to continue to help people as much and as I can even as you're saying that you know I feel like we need to even let those who have uh I call it I call it active grief so the oh, person yeah. is in a coma the person is here but you don't see them like the way oh, yeah. they used to be your marriage you know your marriage is dying literally yes. in front yes. of your eyes yes. Yes. that is transition yes um so many different types of losses that people Agreed. go through that if you're not careful you get stuck in that grief cycle Agreed. you know you get stuck there and it's like okay you don't have to get stuck. You can let, move along, you know, even yeah. if it's one inch at a time, yeah. you can still move along. And so that grief, go ahead. You know, talk about your breaking through moment. <laughs> like when you realize that, okay, I can move along. I can definitely move along. Um, I think, as we mentioned earlier, when you and I were talking, it took me maybe at 20 months, I was like, Oh, I'm single. I'm a single woman. Like, is that a thing? I mean, I, at year one, I did take my wedding ring off because for me, I decided to take it off because it was becoming a conversation piece. Mm -hmm. Oh, so what does your husband do? Oh, so is your husband, would your husband be attending you? Oh, is your husband coming? And I was just like, mm -hmm. should I tell you right now? I'm a widow, right? Mm -hmm. Very nastily. So I was just like, you know what? For the sake of conversation, for me having to repeat this, I took it off. That was why I took my ring off. Let me, and let then, me interject. What have you done with them? Oh, so they are, we had, I ordered a little box off of Amazon mm -hmm. and I had a, a card from Dan. It was a little flower card. And he was like, um, 
something I'll love you forever. I'm lost without you or something. And so I put his card from I kept from years ago in the bottom of the ring box. And I put the ring, I wore it on the necklace for a while. And then it still became a conversation piece. And I was just like, I'm over it. I'm over it. So I put them in there and they're in the bottom of my jewelry box. Um, and they're just there. And every now and then I'll look at them and be like, huh, interesting. I had a great marriage. You know, there you go. You I did. Yeah, um, so, so, yeah. so, yeah, it's just from there realizing I was like, dang, I'm a single woman, I guess. And then even you'd be surprised at how often after I lost my husband, people would still, oh, I got the right guy for you. And I was like, sweetie, no, you don't. No, no. Are you ready to date? No, I'm not. Do you want to go to the club? And I was like, I don't even know. Like, for real, it was so that my dating life became a conversation for so many people. And I was just like, is this a thing? Like, how do you? And I, my daughter, who was 25, she was like, Mom, I told you you've been naive for 25 years. Like, this is the way of the world. This is how men are. This is what they're going to do. And I'm just like, what is wrong with these people? They're crazy. Right? So, but the transition of, for one, realizing that I'm a single woman. I realized that I was a single mom, which made me keep my ring on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because for one, I didn't want to hit the stereotype. I was like, I am not going to be that stereotypical widow, right? Mm-hmm. I fought that from the beginning. Like, I don't know what that what that means, but I'm not going to fit in it, right? I didn't want to be that widow, whatever that is. I don't know what that is, but I didn't. And then I didn't want to be the stereotypical Black single mama, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I got four kids who come in like, you know, we we got a whole presence when we walk in. And so I kept my ring on. And then what I realized was that even after I took my ring off, I was justifying myself by explaining that I'm a widow. Mm-hmm. I had a husband for 25. And I'm just like, why are you justifying your life to these people? You don't even know these people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I fought the stereotype of being that widow. I fought the stereotype of being a single black mama. And it was just, it mentally, the grief is already so heavy and mm-hmm. so sad. So to the point that that bed becomes so comfortable and mm-hmm. your legs are like sandbags and your <laughs> arms are like sandbags and you just walk with your head hunched over for so long that you don't even know who you are and you're just crying all the time. And all of that is so heavy. And then to, as you just continue to move and continue to move and continue to move. And then you just look up one day and I was just walking at the park and I was like, huh, I did that. Yeah, I can breathe. I can pick my head up. My shoulders are up. My head is up. I think it was the moment when I realized I was walking with my shoulders up and I was like, oh my God. I'm not walking hunched over. What have I done? And because I journal, I'm intentional. I journal, I was like, oh my God, okay, 18 months in, my shoulders are up, my head is up. Okay, that's great. But to be honest, Kate, it had been the next month where I was just back in the same situation, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like they say, the ebb and flow of ebb grief. Ebb and flow, yeah. And you never give up. That's the thing too, is, you know, allowing um, whatever process that works for you healthy wise right yeah. so you yeah. had and I say you are intentional I say I'm intentional but you're intentional <laughs> you 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 had a whole village therapists counselors friends 
community, like anybody that you knew could be a great influence on yes. you in the moment you embraced them. You know, you yes. didn't shut people out. You didn't yes. shut people out. You didn't do that. You allowed yourself to be vulnerable that yes. way, you yes. know, and I see how it got you to that space of, you know, you started to break through where you're now finding Jovita, yes. you know? So what are some of the things that you did to find Jovita? Yes. You know, I know you're into working out. So for one K for the biggest, biggest thing, like you were saying with vulnerability, I didn't keep my grief a secret. Mm -hmm. I talked about it. People like, I don't want to talk about it because it makes people uncomfortable. Well, it's my story. And today is a sad day, but I'm still here. Give me by the afternoon. I might be sad or I might be happy, but my grief was not a secret. And I mm-hmm. think so many people do that, right? We, okay, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So you're going to make yourself uncomfortable so that they're not uncomfortable when they already know you're having a bad day. So you might, mm-hmm. you know, my girl, it's a day, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. okay, Joby, I can help you. But because I talked about it so much, I would just come across widows. I was, oh, you know, I'm a widow. And it's like, oh, me too. And I'm like, really, for real? Like, where are you? Where have you been all my life? I need you. Can you be my friend? Right. I would be in Publix and I would go down the men's section spraying body wash. And I was like, excuse me, guys, I'm a recent widow. I'm so sorry. And this lady was like, I'm a 15, 15 year widow. And I'm like, really? Oh my God. How'd you do it? How'd you survive? Please help me. Right. But do not keep your grief a secret. A secret. I like Be that. vulnerable. Like you were I saying, like Kate, that. you know, the vulnerability of it. I talked about it at Publix, at Walmart, washing my car. I had my tire, the TPMS. I have discovered TPMS, the tire pressure monitoring system. Had It was blinking in my car. So I was like, oh my God, I got to get a new tire, you know, go into discount tire. He's like, no, it's just your TPMS. Don't you know what that is? And I was like, why would I know what that is? My husband is supposed to know what that is. And I don't have a husband because I'm a widow, right? It just went off on this poor kid, right? And so there were just little things along the way that because I talked about that, there was a guy sitting over there. And when I sat down to wait, he's like, you know, I lost my wife 30 years ago. And now I've had... 25 a girlfriend for 25 years he's like so I know what you're going through you know and we sat there and talked the whole time because I had a rent at discount tire but vulnerability like you said Kate of being able to realize this is my situation I'm not going to bottle all this stuff in because if I bottle it in they don't tell them what's it's going to do to me Mm -hmm. so that led me to therapy 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 I, I probably did therapy for a year. Um, I made my kids do therapy. I made the boys do therapy. If they come in town, I'm like, you want to pop in for a therapy session real quick? Like we can do one hour session real quick. Let's go. And the boys are like, mom, no, you know, but it was maybe two weeks, every two weeks. And then every week and then every once a week. And then I, now it just, I'll pop in if I need somebody to, have a space to process what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. But again, our culture, when I would say it a lot, I'm in therapy. Our culture was like, oh, you know, I ain't doing that. Well, don't come to me when you're still sad and talk about some, let's get together and talk about Daniel. No, I did that in therapy. We're not yeah. going to talk about Daniel. Yeah. I did that in therapy. Yeah. 
Um, so and I, like, I, you know, I want even you to explore that with the Christian community, therapy and Christianity. Oh yeah. Cause I have, since my journey started in being a therapist, I have encountered good meaning Christians that would say things that alludes to the fact that, you know, I'm a Christian and I don't need therapy. Jesus is my therapy, you know, and I'm, I'm I have moments where I've kind of been educating or even talking to people like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I talk to Jesus and all mm-hmm. that. But if, if I tell you the power of what, and if anything, go to a Christian therapist, go to a Christian counselor, you know, they yes. can bring in the word of God. Yes. They can, you know, weave that in. Yes. But at the same time, I also do understand how some people would say of therapy, because if the secular yes. process of therapy yes. is very, you know, secular. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Which is why I go to a Christian therapist. <laughs> Because I think also too, when you're going through, for me, losing my husband, I was ready to walk away from Jesus, never go to church, never read a Bible, never talk to Jesus. I was done. It was a wrap. We were done and over. And so I remember going to finding this Christian therapist and I went in <laughs> and when she, she said, okay, Jupiter, we're going to pray. I looked at her like, no, we're not going to do that. And she said, well, why'd you come here? And I was like, I mean, I guess I'm supposed to be here. I don't know why I'm supposed to be here. And so when I saw her a year, I saw her a couple months ago, we laughed and she said, Jovita, you were so mean. You were the meanest person I saw in my life. She said, I remember that day I said to you, we're going to pray. She said, I thought you was going to shoot me with your eyeballs. She said, you were like, we are not praying. Um, But like you said, Kate, the vulnerability of being open to doing things different, right? So for me, like you said, going to a Christian therapist, allowing somebody who is also a believer to bring in God's word when you are already struggling. And for me, I truly believe that everything comes from God. So if you truly believe that God created everything, I truly believe that everything comes from God. And I truly believe that God signed me to the therapist that I had because she Mm -hmm. is one of the ways that saved my life, right? So going to therapy, having my kids now become familiar with therapy. So Mm -hmm. with my boys, it was very intentional for them to get used to therapy. Mm -hmm. So if they have a wife later years who Mm -hmm. wants to go to therapy, they are now familiar with the process and they won't say, oh my God, I don't want to go to therapy. That's so stupid. They'll be like, okay, Mm -hmm. I remember what it Mm -hmm. was. I have an experience with this. So Mm -hmm. they will, you know, agree to go with their wife right mm-hmm. everything is a teachable moment mm-hmm. for me right mm-hmm. and um, removing that stigma you know removing mm-hmm. that stigma because the culture I grew up in going out those days there's nothing like therapist now it's become part of the global conversation mm-hmm. so other countries other cultures are kind of embracing this idea of or this discipline of not internalizing stuff being right. able to find someone that you connect with to be able to process you know like process what's happening because you will have all these light bulb moments in sessions and you're like Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that yeah (laughs) think about that you know Mm -hmm. and that's what we need so Mm -hmm. so I I really like that you know I wanted us to kind of touch on that because I know you know we have our Christian listeners and it's kind of like ah and I'm like guys go to therapy if you need it you know therapy is one of the ways like you were saying that helped me to get through. But in addition to therapy, um, in the beginning, I was just walking a lot. I 
um, the outside is just great, you know, um, and I was just reading a lot. I think I was reading to find the answer to grief. I was just reading books and she was like, you're reading to find the answer to grief. And I was like, no, I'm not. You can't tell me. I was so mean and just ready to attack so many people. But then after doing all of that, it still wasn't enough. Right. And then one of my cousins said she was going to join this workout program called E2M. And I was like, I don't want to do no virtual stuff. Be careful. Right. And that is another thing. When I say these things saved my life, it was just different things that I did to kind of just keep saving my life. Right. Um, but it gave you a different diet plan. So it changed my diet. Um, mm. And it got me to working out to the point that when I was working out, I was so tired between work and working out that when I got home, I, my sleep schedule got better. Mm-hmm. And so because my sleep schedule, I was up for weeks at a time or sleep for weeks at a time, in the beginning of losing Dan, and mm-hmm. I would still be at work wide awake for day seven, just mm-hmm. awake for seven days, just going mm-hmm. crazy. Um, so that program helped to regulate my sleep. It helped to regulate my insides, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I truly believe in the gut mind mm-hmm. um, connection mm-hmm. where whatever you're putting, you know, well, because mm-hmm. yeah. for me, I, I have adult acne. So my face mm-hmm. breaks out if I eat bad mm-hmm. stuff. But um, so for me, I did therapy. I started working out. I did, they're called the floating in the pod things. Mm-hmm. I did yoga. I was just walking out. Whatever I did to survive, I was just Kate, I honestly was just trying to survive. It was Mm -hmm. so bad. I heard this one widow tell me, she said, I knew I wasn't going to commit suicide, but I would have been okay with a natural death. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. Oh my God, get me off this earth. Right. I was like, (laughs) Jesus, we're done. Come get the Fenwick six. We're done. Bring the rapture. Right. It was so, so bad. So please don't Mm -hmm. let me, let me not see that I'm undermining grief. Cause Mm -hmm. like you were saying, Mm -hmm. grief comes from the loss of friends, the loss of a job, the loss of divorce, the loss of, you know, actually going through losing somebody. So there are so many different ways that people experience grief that they don't realize that it's grief and trauma, right? Yes. And so when you come back later in life and you're still got all these attitudes and it's like, oh, don't pay attention to Joby. She's always like that. When did she start acting like that? You know, that that's a rebound from trauma, of you know, mm-hmm. trying to defend herself. Right. But we don't give it credit for what it is. And if you can just go to therapy to process that for me and then for my kids, my daughter, my 18 year old baby girl, the one who I worry about. She said to me the other day, she said, Mom, sometimes I watch people or I listen to people who are three or four years into their grief. And they're still so sad. And mm-hmm. I look at the way we did grief and mom, I'm happy. And I was like, yes, hallelujah. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus, it worked yes. right. Therapy worked, yes. right? Yes. Um, so yes. yeah. I I when I when I lost my father um in 2020, um, it was I've lost the best friend and all that, but in my adult life and being more aware of my relationship with God, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lost my dad in 2020, I, I went that summertime 2020 when we were on lockdown and all that stuff, I was able to literally, literally process grief the way I believe God wanted me yeah. to, Good. which was six months can't go into the office, no interruptions by co-workers. Everybody was minding their business and just literally making my closet, my grief closet, 
where I will literally go in every day. Sometimes I'll be online with meetings and I'll just leave the meetings and mute them and go into my closet and cry over my Bible and just bring it out. I started to write write a book. And Mm -hmm. then in the evenings, I'll schlep the whole family outside because that's what we could do. The only thing we could do was go out and walk, you know, and there's this picture that my husband took. And to this day, when I look at that picture, I was like, wow, look at that those eyes yeah. your eyes tell you so much yeah oh I yeah I was so sad yeah, yeah. sadness yeah I, I was depressed yeah yeah but then I started to come out of it yeah and so two years three years two years later you know my father's anniversary I have friends that would be like are you okay yes and to what to what is it faith yes. faith said that to what faith said I was like I'm happy yes seriously yes. I have yes. this happiness yes yes, yes. and <laughs> that, you, you and, know and with that, we have to be careful too, because what I notice is that people will come and they'll be like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. They're like, are you really though? And I'm like, don't put your grief on me. That's your grief, right? Because you maybe are, and I'm not knocking anybody because everybody's at different terms, but yeah. because I did it at two and maybe you're at four, five, yeah. 10, mm-hmm. 20, still processing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't put your grief on me. Yeah. I am yeah. truly internally happy. Yeah. Internally. And so I just allow myself. It's, it's like joy. You know, I yes. am, I am, I'm okay. And when I say yeah. okay, I am truly okay with where my father is and yeah. with where I am. You yeah. know, it's kind of like, it's been worked out, you know, yeah. Six yes. months, one year of intensive, yes. intensive, you doing know, the work, doing the work. Yes. I'm okay. Yeah. And it's, um, my, my daughter and my son have said this to me before, mom, I was going to do something. And then I hear dad in the back of my head, like, if you do that. And I was like, and for me in that moment, I said, that man ain't even here. And he's still disciplining my kids. <laughs> right. He is in heaven. And the kids are still like, Ooh, if I do that, dad is going to say, so I can't do it. Right. So the legacy that he is leaving and the wisdom he instilled and the discipline he instilled in my children Mm -hmm. is goes to the whole Fenwick Six legacy. Right. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. even though I'm sitting here and I was consumed, my kids had become an obsession for me for maybe a year, 18 months. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed. Mm -hmm. Are you guys sleeping? Do you need to go to therapy? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do it? And they were just like, mom, back up, you know? Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I realized I was putting my grief on them. Yeah. Just like other people were putting their grief on me. Mm-hmm. I was putting my grief on them because it was yeah. so hard for me. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, we have to be careful when people say, but are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Like, are you sure? Because sure? <laughs> in that moment, they're trying to transfer their grief onto you. Right. And so for me, I think one of the biggest things, Kate, that helped me to move forward was realizing that I'm still here. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Now I can move in the midst of my grief. Mm-hmm. And in four years, look up and be like, dang, I really did that. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I can sit here and be sad mm-hmm. for three, four, five years mm-hmm. and look up and be like, what have I done for five yep. years? Yes. Or I can look back and say, I really did that. Yeah. You know, I really did that. So realizing I'm still here allows me to see my future. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the future looks like, but I'm still here, Jesus. And like yes. you were saying, God is using my test for his testimony as my testimony and my mess mm-hmm. for his message. Yes. But for me, this is all to glorify the kingdom that, yeah, it was bad. It was so, yeah. so bad. Yeah. It was so brutal yeah. that we were in Georgia yeah. that we don't know anybody, but to realize that we had a community that God had given us from our small groups mm-hmm. to our church community, mm-hmm. you know, to some of Daniel's family was here, mm-hmm. right? The community, 
the power of the community, if you're vulnerable enough and transparent mm-hmm. enough, the power of the community will save you if you allow yourself to be open. You know, I like that. I like that. So finally, I want you to touch on this breathing again. What is this breathing <laughs> again? Speak, speak into the woman, the young woman out there, because I know you have young adults, women. Speak into the young women and young adults out there who, uh, you know, how they can give themselves permission to breathe after they've been through hardship in life. Yeah. Um, we, I joined a group called Kingdom Singles Mm -hmm. at our church Mm -hmm. and I was feeling like I wasn't fitting. I wasn't fitting. And I was like, ladies, I feel like I don't fit, you know, um, because I feel like you guys want to date and I don't want to date. And one of the sisters in the group said, Jovita, we're not, I don't think any of us want to date. I think we're all trying to find ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're all just here trying to breathe. Right. And I was like, oh my God, that's so pivotal. And so when you're going through something, It is. Intentionality is so hard because intentionality is, yes, this bed feels great, but I need to roll over. Step one. I need to roll my feet down. Step two. Mm -hmm. I need to put my feet on the floor. Step three. That's how in detail intentionality can be. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the power to think about every little step, roll over, put your feet down, get in the shower, do your hair, get in the car, go to work. Mm-hmm. I, all of that takes a heart to do and strength to do. And then allowing yourself to find women who are where you want to be. Ah. So when I go through church and I'm looking and I'm talking to somebody like, I don't belong. And they're like, let me connect you to somebody. Mm-hmm. That connection grows, that connection goes. And then if you are open to it, mm-hmm. the person you are looking for mm-hmm. will show up. Mm-hmm. But if you're so secluded and you're just walking with your head down all mm-hmm. day, you'll never see who you're supposed to see. Mm-hmm. So while you're walking around being sad, pick your head up. Think about the woman you need to be, you want to be, and she'll show up if you're open to it. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in situations, right? For me to go to church and be like, I need to join a singles group. I can't complain about not having friends if I don't want to join a women's group. Yes. Join a women's group. And you mm-hmm. might not like it. You might make one friend. You might make two. But mm-hmm. if you're making, I don't have any friends. What are you doing to make what friends? What are you doing? Yeah. And what kind of friends do you want? I, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted friends of faith. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to go to church. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to go to a couple of churches to get back settled and realize where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. But intentionality reminds you to get up, pick your head up, to keep moving day by day, and to think about where you want to be next year. Where do you want to be in two years? And how are you going to get there? So, I mean, you know, next year, next year in, um, Next year, what I'm planning to do is I'm launching this program focused on helping women build systems. You know, we talk about, I have a goal. I want to achieve this goal and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, the goal is great. The vision is great. But really what really gets a lot of us stuck is not having the right system. You know, when we talk about system, it's kind of like, the habits, the routines, the Agreed. daily things that you do, all those things to get yeah. you to that vision or that goal that you have set for yourself. Mm-hmm. And this intentionality and consistency. Consistency. You know, showing up when you don't feel like when you it. don't want to. You know, if you if you if you sit down and you put your hands in between your lap, nobody's going to come and ask you to be their friend. People mm-hmm. are busy. Mm-hmm. Everyone is busy. 
you have to show up. You have to show up. You know, you have to show up and you have to like the V word vulnerability. You have to be willing. Vulnerability really opens up your heart for relationship. <laughs> if you are not able to be vulnerable just yeah, a teeny bit and let someone in, agree. you know, and that is where if you know you have stuff. Like yes triggers and stuff yes that's why you need to go and talk to somebody go to therapy therapy you know, all that <laughs> stuff you know so that what the next friend you have that yes. you, you're better you know you're better relationship mm-hmm. and all that so yeah. So, yeah and I can guarantee if you look at a woman and you're like dang how did she get there mm-hmm. she didn't want to show up every day Mm-hmm. She didn't want to go to therapy. She didn't mm-hmm. want to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. She don't want to eat that salad when mm-hmm. there's a whole Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich right there, right? She didn't want to do that. But she did those steps that she knew she wanted, as difficult as it was to get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And that I know that there's a woman mm-hmm. who is a widow who's going to look at me and be like, how did you get there, girl? Yeah. And it's just intentionality. And you're crying yeah. through the tears and you're crying yes through the airport and you're crying late at night and you're crying because you're single and you're crying and crying and crying. But I know one day the tears will stop. And I know when those tears stop, I wanted to be able to open my eyes and say, I made it. Yeah. I made it. So, so how is your heart now? That is my, my free, I ask <laughs> everyone, how is your heart now when it comes to your mental well-being, your physical well-being, your spiritual well-being, emotional well-being, and even your financial well-being? How yeah. is your heart? Yeah. Like, my days? heart is still growing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mental health-wise, I'm better mm-hmm. than where I used to be. Mm-hmm. Physically, I'm sad. I'm lonely, you know. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I said the other day, I said I'm probably more sad than people realize, but mm-hmm. I walk around in my sadness because mm-hmm. I just don't let it stop me, you know. Yes. Um Financial well-being, you have to be intentional when you become a widow. <laughs> Every dollar counts, right? <laughs> You're like, ooh, I would love to do this, but I am the only provider in the family, right? Mm-hmm. And if I get sick or if I fall down, I need to make sure the girls are okay, right? Mm-hmm. Emotionally, you know, it goes with the loneliness. You know, as a widow, you know, I'm still lonely and mm-hmm. I'm still sad and I still look around and some days and be like, this is my reality. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. is my reality. Yeah. But I always, as soon as I say something like that, this is my reality. I always say this too will pass. Yes. This yes. too will pass. Yes. It won't last forever. From, that comes from that spiritual well-being, right? Mm-hmm. Of keeping your spirit fed. Mm-hmm. And that's just being connected with sisters of faith, you know, mm-hmm. like you, Kate, you know, and mm-hmm. watching your journey, you know, mm-hmm. God has been intentional placing people in my life or placing you in my life, Kate, you know, who saw me with my husband, mm-hmm. who saw me with my sadness and my well and to see me now. And it's like, Joey, the girl, what are you doing? And it's like, I don't know. I'm, you know, um, I'm just trying to help people. Um, yeah. But I spend a lot of time. I went back to volunteering in the community. Mm-hmm. I I used to do a lot of Instacart and DoorDash. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop all of that. And I was like, Jovita, get out of the house. So mm-hmm. I don't do Costco because I need to get out the house. I don't do DoorDash because I need to get out the house. I don't do Instacart because I need to get out of the house. I make my appointments for my dogs at like Saturday at nine o'clock in the morning. Intentionality mm-hmm. makes me get up and get out the bed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I just believe I'm continuing to move, Kate, mm-hmm. and to know that this is not going to last forever for me. Yeah. It's just where I'm so, at right now. So but lastly, you know, I'm all about joy, chief joy activity. So, so 
leave your, the listeners with something about what joy looks like for you mm. as you go into your next phase and what's yeah. next for you. Yeah. What's next for Javita? Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling my daughter, my baby Faith, the other day. I said, Faith, I don't want Georgia to be the state where it's like we moved to Georgia. My dad died and we just stayed here. So Georgia is not my final destination. Yes. I will. I'm open to going to wherever it's going to be for Jovita. Yes. My kids are now young adults. And so going forward, it's going to be the house that I want, the city that I want, the vibe that I want, the church that I want. And I'm going to build it around me. So I need to take the time to discover who I am and what I like. Mm -hmm. So when I do move, Mm -hmm. it is a life that God has built for me Mm -hmm. and a, a life that I said. I like this. Mm-hmm. This is okay. This brings me joy. Mm-hmm. And I was walking the other day and I wasn't at no particular spot. I was in a parking lot of Walmart and I was just walking and I literally stopped me dead in my track. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm happy. <laughs> and I breathed and it was like an overwhelming sense of peace mm-hmm. and sense of joy mm-hmm. that I'm sure people around the world in that parking lot was like, why did she stop in this parking lot? But when you have that joy that comes over you, that peace that comes over you, you have to stop and allow yourself to take it in and be like, (laughs) (sighs) yeah, okay. And don't miss the moment to be okay to stop because God is trying to see if you're paying attention. Right. And so that joy, that peace, that is not all the time, but when it does come to take it in to receive it, because that's him telling you, well done, mm-hmm. my good and faithful daughter. Yeah. Well yeah. done, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so that's what looks joy looks like. I love it. I yes. love, I love, I love, I love it. And listen, mm-hmm. if you are listening, you will have to go back and listen to this again and again yes. and again. Yes. I mean, I, my favorite of what you said, everything sounded good. Everything feels good. I am going to, this is, listen, this yeah. podcast is for yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> it's like, for me too. <laughs> Do not keep your grief a secret. Yeah. You know, the secrets that we keep, oof. Yeah. They do something to our hearts, y'all. So do not keep whatever grief it is a secret. Find a healthy person. Find someone to talk to. Jovita, I mean, thank you, Kate. I know, Kate. Girl, this is. I love you, girly. And I know a lot of people that listen to this are going to take something from it. And, you know, I love uh, Dan and, you know, Dan and James have this military thing going on, (laughs) you know, like, like, you know, so there's a soft spot in my heart always for him. And I love where you are going and what you're doing. If you happen to be in Australia before I get there. Right. Of course. (laughs) I have sister widows everywhere. We are everywhere. Everywhere. We are fierce and we are fabulous. And you never know who is a sister widow somewhere. So where can people find you? Well, my Facebook and Instagram are the same, Jovita Fenwick. So if you okay. look for on Facebook and Instagram, it's just Jovita Fenwick. Okay. So all right. I will put please it in the feel show free. Notes. Yes, yep. to send me a message. I do receive a lot of messages about widows or those that mm-hmm. are going through grief, and you're not bothering me for real. Yeah. I honestly just yeah. want to genuinely yeah. help you to yeah. move forward yeah. and find your yeah. space. Yeah. 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 So all right, girl. I love you. Thank love you, you so much for sharing this. And Thanks for the invite, girl. Time.